Hey, everybody. Welcome to Quizlet. This is our little mini episode where Keith Lowell Jensen and I uh, ask each other science questions uh, that are in the news, and then we answer them in between our major Quizotron shows. Hello, Keith Lowell Jensen. Hello, Rebecca Watson. I it's we took the holiday off, and so I forget how to podcast. How do we how do we do this? What's happening? Where am yeah. I? We just ramble on into microphones and record them. Oh, okay. Is that what a podcast? Did you have is? a good holiday? I did have a good holiday. I went to to freezing cold Canada and I saw snow, and it was very exciting. Snow. That's like that fluffy frozen rain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's Sounds nice horrible. to. It's nice to look at through a window. It's yeah. absolutely horrific to uh, take part in actually like touch it's very cold you know you can set your computer screen to look like a window looking out on snow it's a lot that's a little that's a little too dystopian for my taste no i'm in i think dystopian is actually having to go where it snows yeah that's a good point actually yeah did you have a good holiday on i had a good holiday speaking of dystopia i got my futurama comic books that i've been asking for for the last three christmases oh it took yeah. you three Christmases to get some comic books? I was ready to quit my family. If it didn't happen this year, that was I was going to be sleeping on your couch. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, but, you know, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you would, you, you'd be on, on the balcony. The couch is that, for the dog. That works. Yeah. Both couches are for the dog. Right. <laughs> sometimes he feels like one. Sometimes he feels like the other. Exactly. So before we talked about your child uh, believing in Santa Claus despite your protestations, does she did she make it through the holiday with her belief intact? She's great. She decides to believe in things and just does. So yeah, um, yeah. She wrote a letter to Santa Claus that said, uh, "Santa Claus, I love your work." <laughs> 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 Thank you, Maxine. And she left him some cookies. And Big fan um, of your work, Santa. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the most fascinating thing is experiencing how kids believe in and don't believe in things at the same time. And I don't. Yeah. I think I understand it so much. I think we talked about the science of it before on the show. Um, we went into it a little bit, but not too in depth on that particular point, which is fascinating. It's really wild. And, you know, at first I thought, well, they play make believe really intensely. And now I'm like, no part of them actually believes it while another part of them knows it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's two distinct, uh, you know, equally held beliefs that are diametrically opposed. It's like they're Republicans. Oh, <laughs> hey hey and they oh. yeah she does not believe in donald trump okay um, or global warming right and as long as we no, she does she does believe in global warming <laughs> as long as we've stumbled into politics i have to tell you yesterday was a very exciting day to be a father of a daughter oh oh because of all of the senators being sworn in uh the, the congress yeah yeah that was very exciting and she yeah. really got a kick out of that seeing muslims and native americans and lots and lots of women and they were hugging and taking selfies and one of them said we're gonna impeach the motherfucker <laughs> yeah that was great and of course there's all the pearl clutching after that 
Right. How, how dare she? As though motherfucker is the worst thing you could say about Trump, who has literally fucked several mothers. So let's right, be clear. and he's a pussy grabber. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, uh, would it be better if she had said we're going to impeach the pussy grabber? Good question. Actually, I wonder if I think we should ask our uh, our Congress critters to use that epithet more often, just to really stick it to the people who want to clutch their pearls. They literally could not over that phrase. It's gross. The only reason let's be let's be fair and let's be honest. The only reason you and I don't clutch our pearls is that we can't afford pearls. That's not true. I own pearls. Do you, I, do you clutch them? <laughs> yeah, but only in like a smog like way, you know. <laughs> and, and then I'm you know, I'm just uh hoarding them. It's more it's actually closer to the truth to say that I hoard my pearls. A Hobbit reference. Are we pandering to our base, Rebecca? <laughs> I think we might be. <laughs> I have I, I have a question for you. Uh, oh, good. I'm hoping I have an answer. And it's, uh, well, this is my, my big question for the week. Um, and because we skipped the holidays, it's kind of a holiday-ish question. Are you ready Let's for do it? it. There's, we still got, what's the one that Candlemas is still ahead? What the fuck is Candlemas? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but someone I know is using it as an excuse to leave their Christmas lights up until February, and I totally wish that I would have heard of it before yeah. just literally having taken down my Christmas lights. Like I, I took them fair. down, went on the internet, and said, I'm sad, I took down my Christmas lights, and someone posted this meme about Candlemas. I was oh. like, oh, I could have could have left them up, because they just make me happy. I mean, I you could also just Christmas leave them tree. up. Nobody I could cares just what leave society them up. thinks. I'm afraid yeah. they'll stop being special. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I love gingerbread cookies, but growing up, we had a rule in my family where you couldn't. My mom wouldn't make them until Thanksgiving, and then, uh, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. Like the last batch gets baked around Christmas. They make it to maybe mid January at the latest, and then they're done. And so I, I I hold to the same standard today, even though my mother does not. I've caught ah. her now occasionally making gingerbread cookies in like, you know, like Easter shapes. I'm like, what? How dare she? How dare she? It disgusts me. We can watch Christmas specials anytime we want now, but we don't. We save no. them and we can't yeah. watch them until after Thanksgiving. Like, and in like fact, Thanksgiving night, we'll watch the first one. It's thriftier to watch them anytime other than Christmas, because leading up to Christmas, the streaming sites all take them down because I assume the rights holders want people to go out and buy the Blu-rays, which oh, I yeah. begrudgingly have. We um, managed to watch them free. Do you? Anyway. Yeah. Oh, do you there's, steal them? There's ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. tis the season. It is. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's my question that's sort of related to that. Uh, tis better to give than to receive, Keith, but why, according to psychologists? This is not going to turn out to be a venereal disease joke. No. Hmm. No. For the first um, time ever, this is not going to turn out to be a venereal <laughs> That's a new year, a whole new Rebecca. Yep. Um, I am going to just... Give a vague, hopeful shot in the dark because you said psychologist that there's a psychological benefit to giving that it makes you feel good. It it brings you more happiness than you actually get from receiving a gift. 
That's correct. It makes you happier. Uh, and I'll, I'll even accept that vagueness. That's fair. Uh, but I will give you the details. So this is research that was just published in the journal Psychological Science. And it shows that if you receive a gift over and over and over again, your happiness with that gift will decline rapidly. But if you give a gift, even the same exact gift, to the same exact person over and over and over again, your happiness at doing so remains consistent indefinitely. Isn't that cool? Mm, that's good. I feel like you just gave me a gift with that information. How do you yeah, feel? Yeah, I'll give it to you over and over and over again, and I'm going to feel good about it every time. And eventually you'll get sick of me and hate me for it. Uh, eventually, yes. So here, let me give you the details of the study. Uh, researchers took about 100 people. They gave them $5 a day for five days, and they insisted that the subjects spend the money in the same way every single day. Some of the subjects were asked to spend the money on themselves, uh, like buying a coffee every day or something like that, uh, whereas others were asked to give it away every day. And sure enough, the happiness of the people spending the money on themselves declined throughout the week. Like they were happy the first day, oh, free coffee. But by the end of the week, they're like, eh, free coffee, who cares? But the other group found equal amounts of happiness on the last day, giving to charity or whatever, as they did on the first day. And so that was the first test they did. But then uh, they decided to explore this further. The researchers moved online where they had people complete a game to win a nickel per round, which they either kept or were asked to donate to charity. And the people donated to charity self-reported more joy throughout the study than the people who were keeping the money. And so the researchers say that they think this might be because receiving something makes us focus on the outcome, uh, like how much or what we got, and then comparing it to other outcomes. Is this as good as what I got before? Is this as interesting? But while Giving something makes us focus on the action of giving, which makes us less likely to compare that action to other actions, making it feel like a unique experience each time, which brings us happiness. They also think that giving increases our pro-social reputation, which makes us feel more like a positive member of society, which increases happiness as well. So yeah, giving's better. Well... I suggest you uh, apply that in your life immediately and buy me a falafel. No. Ah. No, I'm going to. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy someone else a falafel, and that's going to make me even more happiness. It's going to be hilarious when the look on your face you know, when you see me handing a free falafel to someone else. Gonna... I think that to get an accurate idea of what's going on here, we need to actually do a study. So you should probably give me 15 falafels and then give 15 falafels to other people. And then 15 times don't give anyone a falafel and we'll record the results. And we probably should find 100 other people to also give me a falafel 15 times. <laughs> I mean, I should get eat a falafel 15 times. Because part of it is like giving it to me. That's true. As long as I'm getting mine, I don't mind if you also get a falafel because I'm not a horrible, selfish person like you. Well, that's really that's really kind in giving of you, Keith. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You got a question for me? I do. The I, I have a great science story that I was very fascinated by, but uh, how to make it a question. Um <laughs> So that is the the main thrust of this entire. That's podcast. the crux. Yeah. Well, this one's a challenge. Um, All right. So so brains without the use of of mouths or hands, brains 
three of them were able to social network, were able to communicate with each other. Um, so long as they didn't express any thoughts greater than uh, turn left, turn right, don't turn. Uh, what were these brains doing? Uh, <laughs> were they uh, participating in a new pilot project for Tesla? I wish. <laughs> the brain in a car. That'll probably for- be next. For an extra thousand dollars, you get your own brain. And I picture it being like in a glass bubble on the hood of the car and it just turns your car. Oh my God. That would be so great. Brain. Oh, we'll just take a a brain lift. So my, my friend, the, my friend, the comedian Robert Barry deserves a plug for letting me use his computer today and bringing me a cup of coffee with a fancy honey stir stick in the middle of uh, podcasting. He Isn't that is nice? definitely the best husband I've ever had. Uh, oh, please, that's beautiful. please go on. It, it is not that. It is not. Uh, <laughs> okay, I have Uber one other guess. Lyft. All right, you do have another Were they guess. Playing a video game. I think you need to be more specific to get the points. Ooh. Uh, were they? That said, yes, yes, they were. <laughs> I mean, I I assumed. Uh, were they playing Mario Kart? Nope. Ah. Maybe I should have said spin instead of turn. Spin. So they were playing Tetris. Uh, Scientists connected three people's brains together to play Tetris. BrainNet may represent the first baby steps in brain social networking. Oh, my God. That's a, what a terrifying phrase that is. Isn't it? So this is one of those where the headline had me stoked. Yeah. Three, stoked and terrified, to be honest. Three people, uh, their brains were linked and they could actually communicate thoughts to each other. And then the more you read it, you're like, as long as those thoughts didn't go real deep. <laughs> they were playing Tetris and they could communicate with each other which way they wanted to turn the block. And Okay. Um, but it was like all three brains on one block? Right. Uh, BrainNet three-person brain-to-brain interface system combines an, you ready for this word, electroencephalography mm-hmm. sensor that records okay. a signal from a sender's brain, decodes it, and delivers it to another person's ox- occipital, uh, occipital, occipital cortex through a I transcranial the- magnetic stimulation cap, or TMS. I love when they give something initials, because that right away says, of course you should know what that is, you moron. <laughs> well, uh, it's this, pers- I was about to point out the same is true of electroencephalo... Whatever. That's yes, e- encephalography. E-E-G. Yeah, EEG. The EEG sensor, yeah. What's wrong with that one is we actually do know EEG, though, don't we? I just That's never what I'm knew it for electro... <laughs> encephalography that's new to me um it's received by uh it's perceived by the receiver as a phosphine or a brain produced flash two senders can be connected to the same receiver so the three brains that were involved it's like there was a a a lucky pierre as it were there was a brain that was in the middle (laughs) what is a lucky pierre you don't know about lucky pierre that's the person in the middle during a threesome what? <laughs> I have never. And so, regardless. Never mind of all the science we're talking um, about. I'm so glad that you are learning what Lucky Pierre is. Whatever gender they are, we refer to them as a Lucky Pierre. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I do. <laughs> I I've always assumed that the phrase was meant to uh, reply to a dude in a three way involving three dudes. Um, oh, involving three dudes. Yeah. See, but, that's what interests me is that the, but I've used it, you know, any which way. I mean, amongst heteros, the if you tell a hetero man something about a threesome, their immediate thought will be two women because that's what they want. And you're but, yeah. The, you the are the hetero Pierre. male of this podcast. I am. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> so thank I you like for to speak, that need. speak up for the hetero male perspective. I, that's uh, something that you've all. always been known for. Yeah, they're not often well represented. So let me see uh, if I can find you some specifics on the study here. Unless you were not done talking about Lucky Pierre, in which case I'm still can. thinking about it, but we can keep talking about uh, this. So but. the researchers recruited 15 subjects. Uh, 18 to 35 years old, eight female, and divided them into five trios, each of which contained two senders and one Lucky Pierre. Uh, <laughs> they did not use the phrase Lucky Pierre. They used the phrase receiver, but... Um, right. We all know what they meant. Yeah. And the experiments consisted of a single task performed multiple times. The successful completion of a single round of Tetris, uh, as in any Tetris game the goal being to rotate if necessary a slowly falling piece blah 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 explaining how tetris works both senders offered advice not always in agreement to the receiver during each right tap, that's where the i was senders saw both of the dropping pieces and the bottom row the receiver saw only the dropping piece so the receiver is uh-huh. actually blind to where they're fitting the block into and and depending yeah. therefore on the on the senders so it's pretty interesting. As the piece moved downward, each sender was represented with a yes or no choice regarding whether or not the piece needed to be rotated or not. So again, even, like the more you read, the the simpler the communication. Yeah, the it didn't it even go left, right, or yeah. not at all. It went yes or no, period. Yeah. So, I mean, you might have just blinked. And, and it, again, it is still fascinating and it's important. But man, I just science headlines oversell shit. Yeah. And I, I don't understand – yeah, we're a long way from Mario Kart. I should never have guessed that. <laughs> uh, I don't understand why did why there were two senders instead of just one sender and one receiver. Why bother having the possibility of there being a conflict between the two senders? Because it's cooler. No, it's <laughs> – Dude, it totally <laughs> is. It's not though. It it's just as cool. Like it's cooler to only have cooler. one sender because then you might get a better score. Oh, uh, it's it's not rather all about than scoring having a heterosexual dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again. No. So uh, I, I just I, I think it's interesting that to actually tie up three because yeah. that uh, also, right away starts receiver... opening the possibility of many, many more. Have I don't I, I'm always reluctant with you. Uh, because you are so good at debunking things. Is the that book, The Wisdom of Crowds, is that still? Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Well, tell me about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that book came out ages ago, and I don't remember everything about it, but it, it was definitely within that realm of, you know, the Gladwellian uh, pop sci uh taking small studies that are flawed and then expanding them to larger things. But it's been so long. I don't want to, I actually don't even want to say it's bunk because let's it's been so long. I don't it. remember. Let's so, come yeah, back let's, to it on a future episode. You have homework. Let's Rebecca. circle around. All right. All right. I will tell you, as long as you mentioned Gladwell, that comedians love 
Gladwell. It's the weirdest Why is thing. That? His thing about you can master anything with a certain number of hours, like comedians all the time are like, just grind a man, just doing my Gladwell uh, hours. And I'm like, oh, God. If you just stand on stage for a thousand hours, you'll suddenly be funny. Yeah. And I know so many shitty comedians that are past their <laughs> thousandth hour. Right. Get off. Uh, go put that time into accounting or something. Where you right. You, you probably could have mastered a useful skill by now. Yeah. Hack. Yeah. Could have been like an electrician and been a millionaire by now with that amount of hours. Are there millionaire electricians? Oh yeah, there's big money in the trades. Electrician, plumbing, plumbing, huge money in plumbing. I really Uh, blew it. Yeah, well, you haven't because you still have a daughter. I this is in my head because I just uh, had lunch with a friend whose son is in his uh, early twenties, and since his late teens, she has been pushing and pushing him to become a plumber, and he's finally or no an electrician uh he's finally doing it uh and he's yeah he's gonna make bank like you, you make so much money as an electrician yeah so. my family i had a very impractical grandfather very practical father now i'm very impractical so max probably will be very practical and that's yeah. good because she'll have to take care of me in my dotage yeah tell her plumbing plumbing's plumbing. where it's at man i'll let her know yeah. Uh, Keith, I'm going to see you very soon on Sunday, January 13th for our big Sketchfest show. Sketchfest with Kyrisha Boz. That's a that's a get right there. He's that's phenomenal. a big get. Yeah. So he's like famous. Yeah. And he just he won the what is it? Hey, Robert, do you know Kyrie won the CBS Diversity Challenge? Yes. CBS. doesn't. Who is it? Yeah. Um, this is NBC. fascinating. NBC. He's the winner of the NBC Diversity Challenge, which uh, I don't know if people outside of the comedy world know that, but it's huge. It means you get on retainer for a year with a major network and you get to be on TV and stuff. He's That's awesome. Good. And yeah. on the nerd side, we have a big lineup as well. We have Steve Silberman, who is a science journalist who's written about autism. He wrote a book called Neurotribes that's extremely popular. Uh, we have John Foley, who uh, used to run the Cal Academy, and now he is helping run a new uh, organization devoted to uh, climate change. Cool. Will he be doing uh, sound effects? It, I assume. I, excuse me? Will he be doing sound effects during the show? Oh, I see, because his last name is Foley. Yeah, I get that joke. I acknowledge your joke, and I'm moving on. Uh, and we actually have a bonus scientist. Uh, we've got someone I believe you know. Uh, Dr. Jennifer McCrate, who is uh, in genetics. Uh, do you know Jen? She's been, uh, she used to write a blog called Blag Hag. She's big in the atheist sphere. She did Boob Quake. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, there you, you, you have to get it into show. my wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, right. Boob Quake. I'm sorry, heterosexual male. How are you taking that mantle now? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it has been passed back to me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, boobs. Yes, boobs. boobs. Uh, right. I'm with you. For those of you who don't remember, I think it was um, it was like an imam or something in Iran that said that uh, women's cleavage, yeah, were causing earthquakes. So she organized an event where on one day we all wore low cut tops to see if it would result in any earthquakes, and surprisingly, none happened. Uh, so that was a bit of a disappointment, but it was a uh, that's effort. science for you. Yeah, and now she uh, she works in genetics. She works for Twenty Three and Me. Uh, and so, yeah, she's going to come be on the show. She's awesome. So now so, Kyrie Shabazz has a new credit. The guy's so funny, it took three scientists, three yeah. scientists to equal his might. Indeed. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. If uh, you guys want to pick up tickets, you should at sfsketchfest.com. We're going to be at the Gateway Theater, formerly known as the Eureka. Uh, it's in the Embarcadero. It's awesome. And if you uh, have, it's gonna be have a, a pass for Sketchfest, those are good for our show as well. Yes, but you should buy specific tickets for our show anyway. Hell yeah. <laughs> Keith, uh, good to talk to you. I will see you soon. Good talking to you. I will see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.